Hi, this is Michael. And this is Lisa. Welcome to the PowerView podcast. Raw talk. For real people. Our volition is to make sense of our world. Join us as we navigate issues to optimize the power of you. Welcome back. This is uh, Michael Padraig-Acton and... Lisa Honickman. Hello, everyone. Today's subject is healthy boundary setting. The most important thing for you, the listener, is to understand that the four components of healthy boundary setting is how to say no and when to say it, identify your wants very clearly, understand the difference between your needs and your wants, and also to respect difference in others and self. That is healthy boundary setting for a healthy life. Lisa, what do you think about that? I like the way it sounds. My concerns right off the bat are practical approaches to these issues. What does it really mean to have a healthy boundary? How is it created? And when we have a busy hustle bustle life, what do you have to do to really make yourself stop for a moment and tell people no? Just to begin with, to tell people no without the guilt associated with the aftermath of the no. It's interesting. In my training, it took me seven years to do my job. And throughout those seven years, we were taught that we cannot do our job. And don't forget, most people that are psychologists in the therapeutic world, most people are rescuers by nature or have quite a serious history in some way. But the, the, the most important thing we're trained in for the whole seven years is this. You cannot have a responsibility for your patients unless you have a responsibility for yourself. I like the way that is. So that's the same as on an airplane. You're, you're told, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help any other person. And that's the same with life. That's a very simplistic idea and vision of what it's like to set healthy boundaries. Well, that's a nice visual because you figure yourself sitting on the airplane before you're going to give your child the mask, you're going to suck up some oxygen for yourself first. I like that. It's a nice visual. But let's talk about it practically. What does it mean in everyday life? And how do you get over the feelings associated with telling someone no? Because first of all, you're creating a boundary for yourself by saying, I am not going to do this, whatever this fill in the blank is. But there's always some guilt associated with that because most people don't want to hear or are able to hear the word no. Because they have their own narrative or agenda of things that they want to do. And I know there's all kinds of books written. I've read the book, uh, The Power of No. I I forget the author. I'll, I'll post about it when I think of the name. The Power of No. And how really, when you're telling someone no, you're actually empowering your ability to say yes to other things. Mm. What do you think about that? It brings in in mind, in the early part of my career with fostering families and, and adoption procedures, and when a family has a new child enter the family, whatever stage, or whether it's for adoption or fostering, we help the family understand that we have to have very strict boundaries to start off with, and then with good behavior, we can 
loosen the boundaries. We, firstly, we don't know the background of the, the child. We don't know what they've really been exposed to or how they're going to operate in the new family setting. But we really want to be kind because we know that this child or baby's had a really rough start to life. However, they feel more secure with strong boundaries because the, the, one, the one mistake we make in our professional lives and personal lives is to be very lapsadaisical with boundaries. We are very kind, we're overkind, we give treats, we do this, we do that. It's so much harder to put boundaries in after having none than it is to have very strict boundaries, know the rules of the road, and then slacken them. I agree with that. I mean, a lot of that comes down to parenting. You know, what, it, what time are you going to make your kids go to bed yeah. from the time when they can, you know, go to bed on their own and they don't have to be rocked to this, sleep? This is raw facts from real, real parents, again. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a couple chapters, I think, on this, mm. specifically about setting boundaries and how to create those boundaries. I think a lot of people have trouble at the beginning, though, just understanding that you need to set a boundary. So what about those people that struggle with the ability to understand the purpose of setting boundaries before you can even actually set a boundary? What really annoys me about boundaries is when we have guests over to dinner. Fortunately, it doesn't happen that often, but guests over to dinner and this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. and, and someone's answering a call. Now, if... An at the egg, table? Like at the dinner table? Well, they'll excuse themselves, but they're still answering. I'm thinking, okay, so, so we, can, we all have an emergency occasionally. We don't know what it is. Right. But some people do that quite a lot, or... A family member could be sitting there on their phone, which is a no-no in our house. When you're at the table, you are there to talk, eat, no devices whatsoever. But what do you do when somebody from outside of the family unit comes to dinner or stays and they've got their phone on? What do you do with that? How do you handle it? Well, absolutely. And, and, the, and the thing is, some people, I don't know, I, 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 I put a, an idea in, in the parenting book that if an if an A and E emergency physician can sit and eat dinner without answering their phone or looking at it, so can you. Oh yeah, <laughs> of you know, course. Everyone can, unless there's a big deal going on or there's got to be a response. Just earlier today, Lisa, I had to excuse myself because a call came through on a very important thing, and I excused myself. But how many times has that happened? Very, very rarely. Not very often. No. I mean, you prioritize your time. Absolutely. Which is also a concept of setting boundaries. You're not as good as that. No, I'm not. I, I'm not. A lot of people tell me that. You're not the first. So I'm, it's something I'm working on. I think a lot of it has to do with having a lot of responsibilities at home with my kids, starting days really early in the morning, and then having jam-packed schedules at my office. And, I mean, this is probably going to sound funny to a lot of people, but I actually have to now carve out time for myself to eat lunch because some days I'm just so busy that I don't have time in the morning to pack a healthy lunch. I don't want to eat a crap lunch that's going to make me, you know, not feel good later in the day or, you know, filled with fat or whatever the case may be, sugar, all those things. Or I just, you know, I don't have time to sit and order something for lunch because I have a client in front of me all day in the office. Like yesterday I had Can a mediation for nine hours. Can you hear that? Can I hear what? The violins. Oh, yeah. You can have boundaries. And it's exactly what you're doing now is what I help people with. 
you're saying, oh, I can't have boundaries because of this, because of that, because of this. And that's the mistake we get into in life. There's a wonderful book called Seven Habits of Successful People. And it's, people don't realize this. It's based in logo therapy. And, oh, okay. And logo therapy is by Frankel, who's a student of Freud. And Frankel developed a, a logical, that's what it's called, logotherapy, a logical form of psychoanalysis to help real people with real jobs doing real things in life. Oh, like me, because, you mean? Because, exactly. Because psychoanalysis was really for the wealthy to sit there for hours each week and do. Right, of and course. And Frankel said, you know, I need somebody that can really, you know, I need some kind of model that can really work for people. And it's exactly what you are, a very busy mother of two children. You both work. Your husband and you both work. Yep. You've got a successful practice. You do the podcast. You look after the children beautifully. You're a great mom. Thank All you. these things happen, and then you want a social life too, and you're great fun at a dinner party. Oh, thanks. All these, but all these <laughs> things have to happen. But however, burnout can happen very fast oh, yeah. Yeah. if we don't have an on-off time with the phone. No, that's definitely true. And that, that's a good way to go back to boundaries. Um, Sorry about that. I called you out on it, but it's true. No, it's fine. I have no problem. I'm, I'm sure what you're calling me out on, a lot of our listeners are going to be able to relate because I don't think my problem is some crazy, you know, novel issue. I think it's, it's part of life, so you what, know? What do, what do you need to develop better boundaries in regarding your healthy life? You're asking me that question? Yeah. No, I, I know the answer. I've already been working on that. Tell me. And the first thing is setting aside time for lunch and picking a time. It's going to be different depending on my days because I might have a court hearing or a client that has to meet me during a lunch hour because they, you know, that's the only time they're available. But carving out an hour for lunch and whatever hour that is, I don't take calls. I don't respond to text messages. I don't even open up my email and I do not touch my office phone. And listeners, let me tell you, I'm being hard on Lisa, but I have to be hard on myself too. I used to do 60, 70-hour weeks. Um, I worked globally over several time zones. I had to scale it all back because I almost burnt out myself. So I, seven or eight years ago, I did a massive career change. So this isn't me just having a go at Lisa. I'm actually saying we all have to do this, all of us. This is important to, for have, listeners have as to well. Structure. We need structure. Well, yeah, so it starts with that, and then it also starts from ending your day of work at a specific time, absent an emergency. Obviously, our practices require time for emergencies. Um, a lot of practices do. I don't think you have to be an emergency room physician to know that there's going to be an emergency that might pop up in your line of work. But cutting off the time when you're actively doing work, for me, it's 6 o'clock. And if it's later than 6 o'clock, it's got to be a real serious reason as to why I'm going to go past six. Well, we have to start small, Lisa. That's, oh, that's, okay. that's the element. We have to start small. Like scheduling lunch. Yeah, just, just one step that's going to save the day. Lunch is important. You shouldn't skip meals, but I'm sure everybody knows that but me. But being consistent is important too. So actually blocking out half an hour every day in the middle of the day would be doable because you're saying an hour sometimes not doesn't work because it's got to be pushed forward or back because Correct. your clients have jobs usually. Yes. So they so do. yeah, so maybe you could have a half an hour before the two, 12 to 2 lunch period or half an hour after but in the morning when I worked in the hospitals, I mean I worked in hospitals for 10 years, I never knew when I'd get a break. It was oh. it was completely full on and I always used to have a can of pilchards, yes, pilchards. 
a can of pilchards and a can of corned beef in my desk drawer really? with a spoon. And I made sure I had protein and I still microwave fish in the morning sometimes. I, it just, it's, it's a habit I had. Microwave but, fish? Yes, I, oh. mi I microwave canned sardines. Sounds gross, but it's delicious. Oh, wow. But it fills me for a good six, eight hours if I need to. However, now I try and I have um, Kind bars, K-I-N-D. Oh, yes, I love those. I have those. Kind bars in my drawer. But going back, you know, 30-odd years when I used to be in the hospitals, you know, they didn't have Kind bars. You, you, you couldn't get to the cafeteria, and sometimes you couldn't even leave your office to pee properly. Oh, that's a problem. So, um, so yeah, so if I'd known then what I know now, I would have blocked out certain things and taken a rest because my product productivity suffered. It really did because of tiredness or hungry, hang, sorry, hangry it's called now. Yeah, uh, hangry, being, being that's hungry a big thing. Being hungry and angry, but also, I'm diff even when I'm driving, if I need to go to the loo, I drive faster. I've noticed this correlation between oh, really? <laughs> me getting frustrated and, and angry in traffic and me needing, so now I stop and I go to the bathroom. I allow myself to go to the bathroom and continue driving. That might sound like too much information. You but, stop and go to the bathroom, But listen, right? we're doing this for the listeners to get something from it. So listeners, I'm sure you can relate to some of this. We do need to set boundaries. Healthy boundaries are so important for a healthy life. The other part of this is, what's the difference between a want and a need? You know what's interesting that you bring that up? Both of my kids, and we're, we're recording in May right now, so it's the end of the, the school year in South Florida, and they both had a project, one in kindergarten and one in third grade, and they had to define, they had to make, in kindergarten it's like a bubble map where you, you create words and you put bubbles around them, and I don't even know what it's called in third grade, something a little bit more um, specific to third grade learning. But regardless, the kids had to do it. That was their project. And I sat down with both of them, and what they both told me was so different from their own perspective about what's a want and a need. And we had a whole discussion. It was really cool. We sat down at dinner, all of us, my husband and I and my two kids, and we discussed it. And I had to explain to my five-year-old that, you know, having four Mentos after dinner, you know, the little candies that you chew up, that is definitely not a need. That's a want. And it's funny to say it now. It's so obvious. But for her, she said, well, if, if I did well at school, mom, and I finished my homework and we got to school on time and I was polite and kind, I should get that. So therefore, it's a need. Clearly, it's not. I understand that. But we had a whole conversation about that. And when I think when we talk about boundaries, your needs have to be set early on. I think it's a human trait that we, we feel like we need to justify our wants and needs to people. And that's a simple uh, definition. When I'm working with a family, I don't work with a family that's in harmony. I work with a family with issues. So with, with a family, I would firstly point out, okay, is that a need or a want? And they do exactly the same thing as your, your goal. Same project, yeah. So, and they say, well, it's, and so therefore, and they're justifying. And the simple definition and distinction between a need and a want is a want is something I personally want. A need needs justification. So if I need that, I've got to justify why I need it. Mm. Whereas, so if I 
Whereas if I want something, it's a personal selective desire. That's it. That's the difference. Because when a family sits there and says, well, I need you to hear me. That's a very big need. So why is that a need? Why do you need that person to hear you? Because of this. Okay. You have to justify it. However, if we turn that into a want, what's it become? A selfish move? No, no, no. It's just it's a desire. Oh, the, I really oh, I want to be heard in this family. I understand. It's not okay. about anything specific, but people seem to just talk over me all the time. And that creates a problem. I need 1,500 calories a day. I want to spend 500 of those calories on chocolate. That's a really good way of looking at it. That's a really good description. Yeah, yeah 500. Ooh, that's a lot. It's a lot of chocolate. But no, it makes sense. But when we're talking about boundaries and setting boundaries, why do you feel, Michael, establishing what your wants are and your needs, how that can be helpful to establish boundaries? No idea. You don't know? No. Yeah. I, I don't know if it necessarily connects to one another. But I will tell you the fact about being consistent. So let's assume I start small, right? I start small, like I mentioned, for me, taking lunch. Okay, ready? Every day. I, I'm going to say something to you. We talked about basics, sorry, but I talk about basic levels. We talked about bathroom habits and we talked about food and time. So before you answer a call at work, these are baby steps. Yeah, I'm listening. Before you answer a call at work, you don't want to go to the bathroom. You need to go before answering that call because you can always call somebody back. So if you see your phone going, you've just come out of a meeting and you need to go to the loo, go to the loo. You, you've got, you've got who, who's called you. You've got right. who, who... Call you, them back. Exactly, call them back. Go to the loo first because you'll be much more productive not sitting there crossing your legs than you will be trying to rush through a call. And your calls sometimes aren't easy. Uh, so get yourself <laughs> into a good spot. Not. <laughs> get yourself into a good spot. The same, same is hangry. Make sure you get that half an hour every day not just to eat something sensible but also for the space, the peace. Nobody is life and death calling you. And even if you call a doctor's office, it says if you're, if you're calling with an emergency, put down the phone and dial 911-999, whichever country you're in, call the emergency line because this isn't this place. You are not emergency call center. No, and that's, I am and not. That's, and that's what... What I do, but that's what I do with people. I do that with parents in a family. I do that with siblings. I do that with husband and wives. I do it with the children. What can wait and what can't? Correct. Safeguarding is all about boundaries. If your child's about to put their hand in a fire, you're going to slap it away. And yes, people, slap that hand away. Otherwise, your child gets burnt. Or they lose their hand. Yeah, so... It, take care a, of it. Yeah, take care of it, but also take care of yourself. Right. And parenting, so many people talk rubbish about parenting. I've, I've, you know, my parenting book, I had to research thousands and thousands of worldwide references. Some of them, people that were never parents, have never looked after a child. That's so I mean, interesting some, some to me, you know, you know, giving I, parental you, advice when, and you're when, not a parent. Absolutely. When you're a Ooh. single parent or, or a part of a busy family, sometimes you pop your child in front of a device for an hour, it used to be DVDs when my daughter was young, just to get that space. Oh, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's that 15 minutes of iPad time as my husband and I are trying to clean up the dishes after dinner so that we can all decompress from dinner and our day and we give them their iPads. But there's, there's obviously boundaries to that because then you have people that that's all they do. That's their form of parenting. Their children sit in front of an iPad for multiple, multiple hours. And I know there's a whole section in your book about that, you know, excessive use of electronics and devices, which is a great resource for parents that are having that, that need to get some more information. But it's setting a boundary because you're saying, okay, I have to take care of something personally so you can play for a little while. And these days, children, you know, five, ten. And there needs to be respect. We need to respect other people and differences. So somebody needs to respect that you have to pee before answering the phone. Somebody needs to respect that you've got that half an hour blocked out every day. And that doesn't shift unless it's a dire emergency. Right. Everyone can do half an hour a day blocked out to make sure they're satiated, to make sure they've got, you know, that they're not hungry, to make sure that they're, they, they've got that, just that moment of space to do what they want. It could be lie on the floor of your office. It could be all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. I mean, our listeners could fill in the blanks there as far yeah. as what you could do. But the importance is to pause, to take a moment, and take a break. And that's part of establishing boundaries. And during that time frame, you have to be able to without guilt, say no to something else so that you can take those moments for yourself. And we're all different. Humans are very unique, so we can... We all have different feelings and thoughts, and our minds go in different directions depending on what we're doing and what we're thinking and feeling, and everybody's job is different too. Some people can't and stop. And we all relax in different ways too. Some, sometimes people build model houses or boats or planes. Sometimes people walk in nature. Sometimes people go for a swim. Do you know what? I work out in the mornings, and I would never go for a dip. You know, swim. I always, okay, work out. Then do this. Then do that. Then you've got to get that ready. Then you go. And the best thing I can do for my body after working out is do my stretches and have a refreshing dip for 15 minutes. And I do that now. You mean in the pool? Yes. Okay. I, sorry, in the pool. I wasn't sure what you were I give, about. I give myself that luxury each and it's time important. Now. Yes. It's important. Absolutely. Yes. But you're, take, you're making a boundary. You're saying, I'm going to exercise, and but then I'm going to... But my biggest problem was myself. And I think that's what the listeners need to understand. Why? If you're struggling, and if you say you're not struggling, then you're superhuman because we all struggle with this. But, yeah, we, we have to give ourselves permission and Lisa, without this being too much about you, just those baby steps, just those baby steps, making sure you have the half an hour a day before the lunch or after the lunch period, that's 12 to 2, and to make sure you're kind to yourself. Well, that's an important aspect of trying to establish boundaries. And, and for me, I don't mind that you're using me as an example because I think my lifestyle is an example that a lot of people can relate to. And the, the point is, I had to understand that I was going to get to a place of burnout if I did not start establishing boundaries. And I'm in my 40s. Yeah, exactly. Put your own oxygen mask on first. Right. Because you'll be useless to everybody else burnt out. Yeah, there was no oxygen. You know, there was no oxygen mask for me during a, a large portion of my life. But what I'm trying to say for our listeners is you have to acknowledge the fact at the beginning that you need to establish boundaries. That's number one. 
Then number two is setting those boundaries. And then as you mentioned before, Michael, number three is being consistent and following through with those boundaries. But I think the ongoing thread through all of this episode for today and everything that we're going to be discussing on this podcast is this is a learning process. This is not something that I think people wake up in the morning and say, oh, I need to establish boundaries. I'm just going to do X, Y, and Z, and you just start. You have to be kind to yourself and give yourself some, you know, some, you know, flexibility because it's not going to necessarily be, oh, I'm going to wake up in the morning and learn how to play baseball. And guess what? What you and I are doing right now is clear communication. That's what we need to do with ourselves and our loved ones or or our work colleagues or anybody that influences our lives. We cannot complain unless we've tried to change something. That's interesting. So how would you explain for someone that's having having trouble in that category about finding their voice and being able to communicate whatever their need is at the time or their want to help establish a boundary? Because I could tell you right now, I have friends and family members that would never be able to have this conversation with me right now. Well, let me tell you, you need half an hour lunch every day every day and you want to spend that half an hour doing what best suits you that's easy it's very clear very clear and anybody that books appointments for you any clients i'm never available between 12 and 12:30 each day and i'm going to cut into the lunch hour a little bit 12 and 12:30 every day i'm not available why they don't have to know why. You don't have to justify it because you could be insulin dependent. You could be on kidney dialysis. We don't know what's going on with you. All you need to do is say, well, sorry, but I'm never available during that, those times. Period. End of story. However, I'm available the other eight hours a day that I work. <laughs> right. so, so I will return your call. I do understand it's desperate, but I'm not on speed dial emergency. The whole concept that you mentioned of but us let not... Let me just finish that. Okay, go ahead. And the one way you'll train your clients, your family, colleagues, and friends to think you're on speed dial emergency is to respond to them immediately in their time rather than yours. Well, sometimes that's difficult. Are you saying just to pause from responding when you get those incessant you know, dramatic phone calls that I have to speak now or our family members, you know, I need to talk to you now. I only have time now to talk. And it's definitely not an emergency. Is it in your half hour period? Let's assume it's not. Is it in your work? Work day. Okay. Well, I'm available at six. I've got to finish my day. I've got to get the girls from school. And at six, I've, I, I can talk to you then. I'm really, you know, I really do want to help you out, but I'm not available till then. And you can text them that, or you just wait until then. Oh, oh. well, I think also, you know, you're saying that we place ourselves on speed dial and maybe not realizing it at the time that you're actually, you know, you're, you're filling the narrative in by actually being available when they expect you to be available. It's, it's how we opened this podcast when I said to you, so, um, you know, boundaries and and you said, well, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I said, well, you didn't you're like a that prime answer. example. Prime <laughs> you're example. the target, Lisa. You're, you're justifying why you shouldn't make time for yourself or have boundaries, because you can't, possibly. 
And what we've done in this podcast is argued otherwise, that you actually can carve out time. And I am. structure and framework. And I am. Yeah. And I also think you need support as well. But look at me. I actually owned up. I had to leave the building to take a call. Right. And that's very rare. And you know if that happens, it's important because I don't do it. Right. So, that, so I'm training you by saying, you know, if it's really important, I'm going to excuse myself. And that's very rare. But somebody that excuses themselves all the time has rubbish boundaries. Well, that's what they say with the little boy that cried wolf. You know that story? Yeah. You know the childhood nursery story? Mm. You know, how many times can you do it? You, know, and we you have work, to be clear we work, about it. And, and listeners, we work with very severe stuff. You know, Lisa is a, an excellent family lawyer. I'm a family trauma specialist. You know, we work with life-death situations, but that's not our call to be on emergency dial-up. And it's not your call to be that way as a parent, a sibling, a, a, a child, etc. There are emergency services that will take care of things. And if you are in a situation in your life where someone's pulling too much in that direction, you need to revisit that and think, is there professional help that can help me? Or what do I need to do differently? How am I training this to happen? I hate going to people's houses with yappy dogs. I mean, yap, 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 yap. I trained dogs. Oh, you did? Yeah, I, I, I trained dogs. I know you love animals. Yeah, I do love animals. But the thing is, a yappy dog, I mean, you can change that with a dog. Unfortunately, it's cute when a puppy starts to bark or pester you, etc. You need boundaries from the start. If you have boundaries from the start, the dog feels more comfortable, you feel more comfortable. When you have guests, you've got a well-behaved dog. It's that simple. What we do for animals in our world is exactly what we do for clients, family members, friends, etc. Is if we encourage too much without the boundary, we're just making it loose for ourselves. So to recap, healthy boundary setting is so important for a really healthy life, not just for you, but anybody else involved in your life. The elements of healthy boundary setting is how and when to say no. And how to say no is as important as when to say it. Don't be rude to people. Say, look, you know, I understand that this is happening right now. However, I'm not available until six. Wants are very different to needs. Needs we have to justify. And so many people out there will say, oh, I need this and I need that. You can actually discern yourself what is a need and what is a want. A need is something you absolutely have to have and you can justify having it. A want is something that's a personal desire. We can live without it, you know, or we can live with it. You could do the exercise that I did with my kids Absolutely. to figure that project out. Respect other people's difference. We're not all the same. So, to start bringing into your life clear communication with yourself and your loved ones, Beware of the pulls and tugs of social media, work demands, children demands, parent demands, etc., etc. Work out where you're the anchor in the middle of it rather than having to be pushed and pulled with them. Create a framework. Start a very small step towards a new framework that's healthy for you. Start small. Set your boundaries early, especially in a new job, or a new child situation, or a new relationship. Start your boundaries early. 
pause. Pause just for a minute and think, what am I doing? What is this about? Is this what I want? Is this what I need? And use me as an example. Yeah. It's totally okay. We hope most, our listeners can use... But the most important thing, Lisa, is to be consistent. Absolutely. We are habitual beings. Being consistent wins every time. Don't keep on changing track. It just becomes chaos, especially in a relationship or a work endeavor or a personal pursuit or hobby. There needs to be consistency. It's always a pleasure talking to you. We hope as listeners, you've been able to learn something from today's episode, healthy boundaries for healthy living. And hopefully Michael and I have provided some tips that will help you have a smoother, more peaceful day. And remember, these are raw facts from real people. We hope you've helped you in some way. And uh, it's goodbye from me for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Raw Talk, Real People. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find current and archive episodes at our website, powerofyoupodcast.com. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes.